time, Patrick Mahomes to, of course, the guy everyone we knew was going to win the game. Me, Cole Hardman. Catching the game-winning touchdown pass in overtime as um, as the Chiefs do win 25-22. First team in 19 years to repeat as Super Bowl champions. Um, and now have won their third title in five years. Tonight's result, first and foremost, my biggest reaction is this. The Kansas City Chiefs, when it's all said and done, are going to become the greatest NFL dynasty we've ever seen. They're going to surpass the, uh, the right now the Patriots, who have six. They're going to sur- be number one. When you talk about greatest dynasty in sports, it is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Because the fact they won this Super Bowl this year, with this team and this offense specifically, with this road they had to go through, I don't see how anyone can make the argument right now that they are bare minimum not going to win at least three more Super Bowls in the Mahomes era. I don't see it. I think they're winning at least four more. They are going to surpass the Pats, and they are going to become the greatest dynasty in NFL history. If you disagree right now, number one, 855-212-4227. I want to hear why. Number two... Let's go through it. Let's talk about what made this Super Bowl specifically so impressive. Number one, they just won the Super Bowl, the Chiefs, that is, with the worst offense in the Patrick Mahomes era. This was easily the worst offense when you look at talent and you look at production Mahomes has had in his six years as a starter. Number one, this team in the regular season, again, with the best quarterback in the NFL, Averaged, in terms of points per game, was 15th in the league. 15th in the league in terms of points per game scored. It was 21.8 points per game they scored in the regular season. And they were plagued all season long by receivers not catching balls. Mahomes not trusting his guys to make plays for him. Offensive line having issues, especially at both tackle positions. Travis Kelsey in the regular season taking a step back, looking a step slower, not being the Travis Kelsey that has been, you know, the most uncoverable tight end for at least the last few years. All that was was working against Kansas City, which left them as vulnerable as they've ever been. They've never been in a spot where they've looked more beatable in the regular season going to the postseason than this year. And the fact that for how bad they were offensively in the regular season, that they were able to march through the postseason, get to the Super Bowl, and win the Super Bowl, despite, again, receivers at times not being trustworthy, not making plays, dropping big-time passes, Offensive line getting worked. Like, there were legitimate concerns with this Chiefs team. Again, they are, they easily, this was the worst offense in the Mahomes era. And probably, by the way, the worst offense we will see for Kansas City in at least the next five years. Bare minimum. Because they are going to improve. They are going to get better. It's hard to get worse. Kadarius, Tony, Justin Watson, Marquez Valdez, Scanling, Mecole Hardman. No disrespect, Super Bowl champions. It's hard to do worse than that. 
So this team, offense specifically, is only going to get better. But even with having a down year this year, they still found a way to win a Super Bowl. And by the way, they won the Super Bowl facing the hardest path they've had to go through in the Mahomes era. Where, look, uh, you played Miami, that was an easy one because you're in minus 30 degrees. The Chiefs, even with their offensive issues, uh, the Dolphins, they lost that game as soon as the schedule was made. They lost that game the Sunday night before when they lost at home to the Bills and had to go on the road instead of winning the division. So the, the first round was a gimme. That was like a, basically a free space on, on the uh, Monopoly. Or I guess that'd be bingo, right? That's Yeah, I'm thinking of the wrong games here. Free, free space and bingo. Um, go and you get $200 of Monopoly. That's where I screwed up. My bad. But either way, same thing. You want 200 bucks or you want a free space? Either way, bingo, Monopoly. It's the same thing. That Dolphins game was the easiest pick of this entire postseason. You knew the Chiefs were winning that game. But then all of a sudden, this struggling Kansas City offense who up to this point has played every single playoff game at home, now for the first time in the Mahomes era, had to go on the road to Buffalo in that hostile environment, and this was supposed to be the year. With the Bills playing, you know, being red hot, with the Chiefs coming in offensively, at least scuffling, and Mahomes facing his first road playoff game, this was supposed to be the year, just like Peyton Manning did all the way in 06, when he got revenge on Tom Brady after losing twice in New England, Tom Brady had to go and beat Peyton Manning on his own turf and couldn't do it. This was supposed to be the year Josh Allen got revenge on Patrick Mahomes and sent the Chiefs home. Get revenge for the 2020 AFC title game. Get revenge for the 2021 insane uh, overtime game in the divisional round. This was supposed to be the year where the demons were exercised for Buffalo. What happened couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Lost and went home. Next week, okay, but Bills couldn't do it. Well, now you're going on the road to, you could argue, the best team in the NFL in the Ravens. Top five scoring offense, top five scoring defense, MVP of the league in Lamar Jackson on your team. At home, Mahomes coming to town scuffling. Lamar, who's had postseason demons himself, is coming off of a second half in the postseason against the Texans. That was awesome. This was supposed to be either the Ravens were going to knock off the Chiefs and someone was going to do it. Someone was going to prevent the Chiefs from going to their fourth Super Bowl in five years and someone outside of Joe Burrow was going to get it done. What happens? Ravens just completely melt. Chiefs get them to play their style of football and the Chiefs win. And then in the Super Bowl... A team that you're facing who I think from 1 to 53, the 49ers are the more talented roster compared to the Chiefs. A team facing revenge. Number one scoring offense in the league. Or number two scoring offense in the league, I should say. Excuse me. This team was poised to get revenge and to finally win their first Super Bowl in the Shanahan, Purdy, Debo, CMC era. They were finally supposed to break through and could not do it. So we just witnessed, right, just just to kind of wrap it all up here. We just witnessed the worst offense of the Patrick Mahomes era win a Super Bowl by going through the hardest path Mahomes and co. had to face so far in the six years as a starter. Didn't matter. Are you really going to tell me now that you think they're not going to win another Super Bowl? That you don't see 
three, four, five more Lombardis coming their way in the next 12 or 13 years? Mahomes is 28. He's going nowhere. It looks like Rasheed Rice right now is developing to one day replace Travis Kelsey as the number one receiving option. Andy Reid, I don't buy, is retiring anytime soon. This defense is young. They may lose Chris Jones this offseason. They still have a lot of pieces to plug in there, and a lot of their contributors this season are young and coming back. This Chiefs team is going nowhere. This dynasty is just starting. They, It sucks to say, because I think the other 31 teams are screwed. They are only starting. They are only going to get better this offseason. They are still on the ascend right now. And that is why when it's all done, when it's all over and we're looking back on the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs era, we are going to be talking about this team as the greatest dynasty in NFL history. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on Twitter. If you don't think right now we are witnessing in real time the greatest dynasty in NFL history forming. Tell me why. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Jim is calling from Georgia. What's up, Jim? Well, I'm a Falcon fan, and I noticed when we played New England, Shanahan gets so just relaxed and happy when he gets that little bit of a lead. He gets just bone basic. I can just tell you everything they're about to run. And what do they say on the short side of the field about the sideline? That's the other team's 12th man. Tonight, some of them plays that were just about to break sideline. You run out. And he does not go to the wide side quite as much as the short side of the field for some reason. And a lot of times I will set up plays to go and like everybody think is going wide side. And then when you get everybody flowing across to the wide side of the field running, you do a misdirection around the short side sometime, but he don't hardly do that. Jim, and I, it shocked me that he did. They threw one way and then they threw to the, uh, right. The running back on Christian the McCaffrey, right. wide side of the field. For, yeah. Christian for the first right touch there, the first of the game. But he really doesn't have, and it just kills me when you go to the short side of the field or right up the gut towards the short side of the field. I hear what you're saying, Jim, and you're right in the sense that it does drive me crazy a little bit too. But, like, if you look at Kyle Shanahan's play calling overall here, and this is part of the reason why I don't like, – I characterize this Super Bowl as a Chiefs win more than I do a 49ers choke job, even though it was another double-digit lead for Kyle Shanahan in a Super Bowl that he could not finish. But you look at how this offense, I would agree, by the way. And I thought in the first three drives of the second half, that play calling and the offense for the 49ers was predictable and stale. And that was part of the reason why the the Chiefs were able to stay in this game and still have a chance at the end to tie it and then later on win it was in part those three drives to start the second half. um, The 49ers had opportunities to bury the Chiefs and could not do it. But here's where I'll give Shanahan credit. I thought he snapped out of that. For how bad he was, I thought, in the first half, uh, for how bad he was in the third quarter, we'll say, 
to the point where you allowed, you went from 10-3 and should have buried the Chiefs after the Patrick Mahomes interception to start the second half to now all of a sudden losing in the fourth quarter. I thought those, from that point on, Shanahan was a lot better. And you look at how the 49ers offensively finished. They finished after trailing 16, uh, excuse me, 13 to 10. They went touchdown, field goal, field goal to end the game. They scored on their final three drives offensively. Shanahan, again, I don't think he blew this game. And even though his play calling, again, should have been better to start the second half, to his credit, he was able to snap out of it and get momentum back on San Francisco's side. We can discuss some play calls of, of settling for field goals and not touchdowns, not finishing the job. But I also think at some point, you got to give credit to Kansas City's defense. That is elite. This is a devastating and frustrating loss for the 49ers. But I don't like, I think for me, this was more of a win for Kansas City than it was just an utter choke job by San Francisco. Let's go out to San Francisco, or at least go to California, I should say. And Rich is there. What's up, Rich? Hey, thanks, Rich. Hey. Thanks for taking my phone call, Ryan. Um, a few things I want to agree with you on. Um, uh, I was wrong about Mahomes. I mean, and Kansas City Chiefs. Wow, uh, what a what a comeback win! Uh, Moody kicks that extra point, and makes it. We're not going in overtime. Uh, I just want to say some things and then take your comments off air with a uh, ending my comment with a criticism of Mahomes. As, I give criticism where it's due, but um, I think uh, the whole thing was the reason why the Niners lost is one, that, that kick. Two, it shouldn't have came down to that kick. Uh, I think we had like eight eight drives and outs, uh, and then, you know, giving Patrick Mahomes eight chances, uh, yeah, that's a lot, especially for somebody – with his uh, vet- being a veteran. So that's another thing. I think this whole thing that came down to a veteran versus a unexperienced quarterback. Uh, Shanahan, I think, was going for the, the home run too early. Um, it looked like a lot of big, long passes where there, we could have kept running the ball. Um, but uh, other than all that, the criticism to Patrick Mahomes is that it took him again to the third quarter to throw a touchdown oh pass. Oh, my God. So, it took him so what? I mean, I give, you, I give you credit that you gave finally the defense credit where that dude Clark came through and through and through this game where he gave his quarterback that many chances. Um, but, like, but, who cares but, if Mahomes, it took him the first half, and thank you for the call, Rich. I, I don't. Who cares if he had to wait till the third quarter to throw his first touchdown pass? You know what matters? Who threw the last touchdown pass? And that's part of the reason why I gave Brock Purdy this entire postseason more credit than Flack was because, yeah, he was awful in the first three quarters against the Packers and awful in the first half against the Lions. But you know what? What mattered at the end was that he was the better quarterback in the fourth quarter, and that's why the 49ers beat the Packers, why the 49ers beat the Lions, and why the 49ers... Lost to the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes come fourth quarter was was not going to be stopped. I mean, this was Mark and I were talking about it in real time as we were breaking you know the Super Bowl down because we started we got in the air at 10 p.m. Eastern 
you know, midway through the fourth quarter. And there were a few times where, like, the game was tied. I'm like, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I think I go for it on fourth down here because I think for me a touchdown is more important than a field goal because you know bare minimum if you all you need is a field goal, Mahomes is going down the field and scoring no matter what. The question is, is he going to score a touchdown to, to win the game or kick a field goal to just send the game to overtime? And I respect at least Shanahan late in the game, for the most part, was coaching aggressive, was taking shots in the end zone, was trying to score a touchdown because I think he knew we're going to have a tough time defensively stopping Mahomes and co. He wasn't settling for three. But that San Francisco defense, I know it's a tough job trying to stop Mahomes, but for a lot of big names in the second half, just non-existent. Non-existent. 855-212-4227. One thing that really bothered me from this game, uh, I'll play it for you next year, was in overtime. Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers won the toss, but in an overtime period where the rules changed, where no matter what happened, both teams are getting the ball in overtime, why did Kyle Shanahan elect to receive? Well, he gave his explanation post-game. We'll play it for you next. It is Ryan Hickey, Hick at night. Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl postgame show right here on CBS Sports Radio. Appreciate you breaking down the final game of the 2023 season with us. Still a lot more to break down, so don't go anywhere. It is Ryan Hickey with you right here. CBS Sports Radio. Uh, it's just something we talked about with, you know, that none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys, and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, if both teams matched and scored, we wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win, and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold him to at least a field goal. And if, if we did, then we thought it was in our hands after that. That is the voice of Kyle Shanahan. Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio explaining his decision that I thought was flat, uh, flat out stupid. Kyle Shanahan's decision in overtime when he won the toss where both teams are guaranteed to have possession. This is not, again, remember, the overtime rules changed. It doesn't matter. Whoever gets the ball first, if they go down and score a touchdown, does not matter. The other team is guaranteed to have possession. So both offenses are guaranteed to get the ball in overtime. That is basically college football. It then makes no sense if you win the toss to put your offense on the field first. Kyle Shanahan well, was flawed in his decision-making, and I think really screwed, screwed the pooch there. When it comes to deciding to get the ball first, because he put his offense at a disadvantage. Two things there. Number one, he said, oh, well, if they match and all of a sudden we get the ball, then an offense with a chance where a field goal uh, can win the game. Here's the reality is, is when you give Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs the ball second, you are putting them on the field with them knowing what they need to do. That is an advantage for the offense. And let me tell you this. I am giving Patrick Mahomes zero advantages as the other coach. I don't care that my defense is gassed, and they were. You look at the Chiefs' uh, offense the last two drives of the fourth quarter. 12 plays, 69 yards, five and a half minutes. Final drive, which they kicked the game-tying field goal, 11 plays, 64 yards, just under two minutes. The 49ers' defense was on the field for a while in that fourth quarter. 
I don't care. I'm putting them back on the field because you know what? If the worst case scenario happens where the Chiefs go right down the field and score a touchdown, two things. Number one, if you're Kyle Shanahan, you know, okay, well, they just scored a touchdown. That means I got to score a touchdown, which means it's four down territory every single, you know, every single play. So you know basically what you need so you can be extra aggressive and tailor your game plan to know, all right, we have four downs to pick up this first down. You are allowing the team that gets the ball second to be more aggressive because you then give them what they need to do in order to win the game. That is an advantage that you cannot give Patrick Mahomes. You cannot give Patrick Mahomes the ability to take the field knowing, well, we need a field goal, so right now anything in our own end, it's four-down territory. And you can afford then to be extra aggressive. You put them on the field first, even with a gas defense, because even if Kansas City scores a touchdown, you still have a chance to win the game. You can go down the field, which your offense was moving the ball in the fourth quarter um, and move the ball in overtime as well. You could go down the field. And how about this? Score a touchdown? Go for two. Why give Mahomes the ball again? You score a touchdown. You go for two. You win the game right there. You have two yards to win a Super Bowl. I'd much rather that than, oh, well, if we kick a field goal, then we hold them to a field goal, then we get the ball the chance to win the game. No, no, no. Because here's where your logic was flawed, Kyle. You can't feel very confident in that defense holding Mahomes to just a field goal. I know the red zone defense was very good for San Francisco. They got Kansas City. That is got down there six times and only scored two touchdowns. But the way that game was trending, you could not rely on your defense to get you a stop to win the game. And I think you should have taken the, the game into your own hands by putting your defense back on the field, gassed as they may be, and putting your offense on the field, knowing either, hey, we just got to score a field goal to win, we need a field goal to tie, we need a touchdown to win, or we need a touchdown to tie, and then all of a sudden debate, well, instead of putting Mahomes out there with a chance to win the game, let's just win the game right here with our offense. Let's go win the game with a two-point conversion. That is what the 49ers should have done. I don't, Kyle Shanahan, I don't care about his explanation. He was wrong. He was wrong in taking the ball in the fourth quarter. Oh, excuse, excuse me. Taking the ball in overtime first. You put your defense out there, and you at least give your offense knowing what they need to do in order to either tie or win the game. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Billy Phil calling from the Bay Area. What's up, man? Uh, it's, Philly, it's Philly Phil, like Philly D-State. Oh, okay. Hey, the Bay Area is quiet, and I love it. Because I've heard for two weeks how they were destined to win. And I go, guess what? They play the game on the field. And I text my friend on February 1st, Chris Jones. I hope you have a plan to stop him. And guess what? I was listening to an NFL radio network, and they gave Chris Jones the defensive player of the game. He was dominant. And, the, and the, he not only was he dominant, he made – he made other players like number 69 play better. 
and Gay, their linebacker, played better. And when the second half, I told my other friend, I go, I hope you have a plan for uh, Spags, uh, Steve Spagnola. Right, right. Because he shut down the Patriots when they were 18-0. He's one of the best D coordinators uh, in the NFL. And, oh, sorry. Sorry about that, Phil. Philly, Billy, Phil. I think we got that right. Uh, you could tell the shot in Freud, by the way, with, with Philly there. Very excited, loving the Bay Area um, and seeing the team he does not root for in the 49ers lose. Um, and that's part of the reason why, going back to what we started at the top of the hour, why this this Chiefs team is going to be here for a while, and they're winning a handful of Super Bowls more, in part because Steve Spagnuolo is going to be there. No one, for whatever reason, wants to give him another head coaching job. So Andy Reid, as long as he's the head coach, is going to have his D coordinator by his side. And with how well that defense played this year, with how young they are, even if they lose a guy of Chris Jones, even if Jones decides this offseason, I'm going to chase the money, now I'm going to go to the highest bidder, which will not be Kansas City, this defense is going to return a lot of guys, and there's a lot of experience and youth on that defense where they are, I think, maybe not number two scoring defense, but definitely a top 10 scoring defense for years to come as long as Spagnuolo is there calling the shots. This defense is going nowhere. Bo is calling from Dallas. What's up, Bo? How you doing tonight, bud? What's going on, man? What's on your mind? Well, first off, I'm very happy that the 49ers lost because as a miserable Cowboys fan, I just am glad that they lost. I couldn't handle them getting their six before us. As far as the Chiefs go, obviously these guys are phenomenal. A dynasty. They're they're phenomenal. But I think you might need to tap the brakes simply because six years in the real world is a long time. Six years in the NFL, a year-to-year league is forever. I understand you're projecting that he's he's got three rings in six years, but let's say he gets another three in those next six years, which I, I doubt because think about it. Yeah, he's 28. Six years, he'll be 34. Not everybody is going to play into some kind of crazy prime into their 40s like Brady or even Aaron Rodgers. Like, Look at look at Andy Reid. God bless him. But six years from now, he's not a young man right now. Where's he going to be in six 66. years? I don't know. Travis Kelsey's going to be retired way before six years. Maybe Rasheed Rice could, turns into the greatest wide receiver in the NFL. But we might need to tap the brakes on that. You're talking another another three titles like it's guaranteed four or five. I'm saying tap the brakes just a little bit. Tom Brady, that guy. He made people sick in the head with what could be done. He was a one-of-one. We might be witnessing the next greatest or maybe the greatest ever, but we probably need to slow down just a bit. I was going to say, I mean, Bo, if you want to talk about Tom Brady not being here, I mean, uh, Mahomes has picked up where he's left off, and thank you for the call, and that's part of the reason why, like, I I am so confident in what we're seeing from Kansas City. Again, to to your point, Bo, let me just phrase it this way. This was, I think, the worst Chiefs offense to date right now of the Patrick Mahomes era. And I don't see it being any worse this, like going forward as it was this past season. You're going to upgrade the receivers. And again, part of it is going back to your point about Tom Brady. There are reports and I expect it to happen this off season where Mahomes is going to rework his contract to lower his cap number, which means now more flexibility to either keep guys like Chris Jones or add receivers or both. The development for Kansas city has been tremendous too, where they do That's part of what made New England so great. 
was that any time a big, you know, big name player was due for a, a big time contract, what did Bill do? Let him go. And what did, how did he replace him? Usually someone in the draft, usually someone later on in the draft. The development for the Patriots in those in that 20 year dynastic run was one of the best in the league. And we are seeing that right now from Kansas City. The development that we've seen from so many players on the offensive and defensive end, this team is young. This team is going nowhere. And this team is only going to get better. This team's only going to improve. I don't see Andy Reid retiring anytime soon. I don't know why he would. And we'll get to him here in a little bit. But I don't think Reid's leaving in the next three or four years. Even if Travis Kelsey starts to take, you know, a step back, we are seeing a guy in Rasheed Rice, who was just a rookie this year, really emerge and really be a reliable receiver. I think he's only going to get better with, you know, experience, with reps with Mahomes. Like, they seem to develop a pretty, uh, pretty quick rapport. No reason why he can't continue to develop to be uh, on a path, at least, to be one of the best receivers in the NFL in a few years from now. And maybe by that time, if Travis Kelsey takes a step back or retires or goes to another team, you have the replacement right there waiting in the wings. This team is only going to get better. And they're still so young that defensively, I don't think they'll take much of a step back next year moving forward. Offensively, I think they're only going to improve. I mean, they were 15th in points per game this year. 15th! They're not going to be 15th again. They're only getting better. And the fact that they were able to win this year with the most difficult road is why I'm very bullish right now in Kansas City. I'm not proud to say that. I'm a Colts fan. So I would like the Colts to be in this spot one day. I want to see them with Anthony Richardson in a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. But right now, the days of an NFL fan, but the days of an NFL fan right now uh, that's a fan of a team in the AFC are very dark because this Chiefs team is going nowhere. And they are, they are, I mean, it's crazy to say it's been already six years that they're just getting started, but it feels like to me they are just getting started. 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. We'll continue to take your thoughts here on the Super Bowl. And also, one thing we have not addressed so far that we will when we return here was that viral moment on the sidelines in the first half where Travis Kelsey bumped Andy Reid. I'm actually watching it right now on my TV. Right after the, the Isaiah Pacheco fumble, there's Travis Kelsey losing his mind, knocking his head coach off balance, almost knocking him down. Well, Andy Reid spoke about that. We'll have you hear what Andy Reid had to say about the, uh, that incident when we do return. As a reminder, this portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com, wesleyfinancialgroup.com. So one of the biggest moments of this game happened on the sideline. First half, right after the Isaiah Pacheco fumble that was recovered by San Francisco. You had in the... Uh, commercial break, Travis Kelsey looked like full-on roid range, rip his helmet off, chest bump Andy Reid, who is massive, and knock Andy Reid off balance, almost knock him down, 
and was yelling at Andy Reid to keep him in the game on that play that Isaiah Pacheco fumbled. They took Kelsey off the field, I believe put in uh, Gray, the Noah Gray, the other tight end, to block, um, and Kelsey was furious and wanted to be left on the field. That was weird. That was something I've never seen before in terms of a physical interaction between a player and a coach during a football game, specifically. After the game, Andy Reid did discuss that incident and what happened. He caught me off balance. I wasn't watching. He cheap shot, but that's all right. He did good. Um, he was really coming over just to go, just put me in, I'll score, I'll score. You know, so that's really what it was. Well, I love that. I mean, it's not the first time. So, I listen, I appreciate him. I think for me that answer is based largely because they won the game. Like, winning does cure all. But I think if you're Andy Reid, you got to be like, what the F? That is, Reed's in a no-win situation there because you can't really, in that situation, bench Travis Kelsey. He should have been benched. You bump your coach and almost knock him to the ground because you're upset you got taken out of a play? You should not see the field again. I get why Reed can't do that. You're in the Super Bowl. You're not going to make the Patriots with Malcolm Butler and bench him for no reason and lose the game and still not talk about why he was benched. I get why you don't bench the best player outside of Mahomes on your offense. But I don't think Andy Reid is all that lovey-dovey and all that excited about Travis Kelsey bumping him. I think they're going to have a long conversation in the offseason about that. But that, honestly, that moment right there is part of the reason why I'm still amazed that the Chiefs won. They were rattled. They were thrown off their game in the first half. They looked like the team that was panicking and pressing. I mean, to lose your cool... Knock your coach off balance and yell at him? We've never seen the Chiefs with all their composure like freak out like that, act like that. I thought the 49ers had the game won right there. A few plays later, Legereus Sneed gets called for a penalty after hitting Brandon Ayuk in the face. Like, they look like the moment was like that to me looked like the pressure. And I've tried to avoid kind of talking about Taylor Swift for a while. But that to me looked like like the weight of the moment got to the Chiefs. Where it's like, we're in the Super Bowl. Taylor Swift is here. Everyone is watching. It felt like the weight of the world was crumbling around the Chiefs. I give Andy Reid. I give Patrick Holmes a lot of credit. I don't know who spoke in the locker room at halftime. I don't know what was said. But that was a different team from a mental standpoint. In the second half. And that's part of the reason why they're able to erase a seven-point deficit. Continue to fight back when San Francisco kept going and taking the lead. And why they're able to eventually win this game in overtime. But that's one where I think if you're Andy Reid, that's being addressed in the offseason. Because you can't have that happen again moving forward. You need to not earn, I should say, keep your respect and not be viewed like just like a pushover. That was bizarre, and that was inexcusable. That's an awful job by Travis Kelsey. Absolutely awful. 855-212-4227. Oh, let's go to the heart of where this Super Bowl was. Las Vegas, Daniel's there. What's up, Daniel? Hey, good evening. How are you? Good, buddy. What's uh, on your mind, man? Good, good. It was an amazing Super Bowl. Uh, the reason why I'm calling you is because I wanted to share three points. One, um, I wanted to talk about what you said about the Niners that are going to be coming back next year and the following several years. And I guess my point or that my thought process is if Kansas city is going to 
keep winning Super Bowls, is that going to then take away the Niners from having a chance to come back and win a couple Super Bowls? Or is there going to be enough room for both teams to win Super Bowls in the next couple of years? I think we could see concurrent dynasties. In the sense that we saw it a little bit, um, if you go back to like the 90s where the the 49ers dynasty was kind of petering out and the Dallas one was getting started, thank you for the call, Daniel, um, where like both teams were winning at the same time, the Chiefs are not going every year. I think they'll end up being the best dynasty or the greatest dynasty in NFL history. They are not winning every year. Other teams have to win. The Patriots, for 20 years, they went a 10-year gap without winning. So there's definitely going to be stretches where it's two years, three years. We saw, I mean, in a different but similar comparison, Alabama under Nick Saban with their six national titles since 09, they dominated the sport, but they would go two years, three years at a time without winning. We're going to see that from Kansas City. So there is room for the 49ers to, again, I think win a Super Bowl, win multiple Super Bowls in the next few years. Kansas City is not going to be winning every single year. Mo is called from San Diego. What's up, Mo? Thanks for taking my call. Can you hear me pretty well? Loud and clear, man. What's on your mind? So I want to address that, what you're talking about, and uh, and uh, back you up on a couple of those things. You know, obviously there's, there's injuries and, and all types of things that can, you know, can derail a team, and you never know what's going to happen. So, But you're just predicting all things being, you know, equal and stuff with, with Kansas City. And here's the reason why they do have a chance, because they've made the transition that teams really have to look at what they do now in the salary cap era. And that is when you have your, your franchise quarterback, you want to win while he's on his rookie deal so that you can load up on talent. And then you have to figure out how, if he's good enough to win when the team is not as loaded because he is counting so much against the salary cap. The teams that have done that consistently you got to give them more credit because once once you start counting against the salary cap, the odds are you're going to have holes. This is why Kansas City had to let Tyreek Hill go and other good players go, but they've drafted young talent and they've built up their team in another way through the draft, and they're still good. But my question is this, okay, because we see that, that Patrick Mahomes can fill and cover those holes. You see that's how talented he is right. and the roster, the things that they do. But San Francisco is the other way around. They have a roster that is unbelievable. I mean, the names, I don't know if people know the names on, on how many names they have on their, on ton, their roster. Right, right. It's just, I mean, Hargraves and Williams and Debo and Bosa and Juchek and, and Chase Young and Armstead and Ward. They're loaded. McCaffrey. Right. They got tons. And the reason why they can pay all of those guys, free agents, a lot of those guys are free agents. They're not just draft guys, right? Right, it's because Brock Purdy's getting no money. Brock Purdy is not counting. You make more money than Brock Purdy does. You're the big guy on campus. No. You probably make. Brock Purdy's almost know. making a million dollars. Mo, I, I appreciate at least the belief. I thank you for someone believing that I make a lot of money. I do not. Thank you for the call. Uh, Brock Purdy's making a million dollars. Compare that to most normal salaries. He's making nothing in, in NFL terms. He's making a lot compared to the average guy and girl, working man and woman, uh, really is what I should say, in, in those terms. But it's too, but you're, to your point. Kansas City has seamlessly, it wasn't a rocky road. They have seamlessly gone from winning with Mahomes on a rookie contract to winning with Mahomes as one of the highest paid quarterbacks. They did it overnight and they did it without missing a beat. Mahomes got the, uh, gets a contract extension, two straight Super Bowls. 
They have made that transition seamlessly. They are going nowhere. They will end up as the greatest dynasty in NFL history. That I mean, this was one of the fastest shows we ever done. I hate to say we're done. I could sit here and, and with another four hours talk about what we got to do, but got to clear the way. Amy Lawrence is up next. A big thank you to Nico doing a great job producing the show. Thank you for listening. If you missed any part of the show, Hick at Night Podcast, Night spelled N-I-T-E, Ryan Hickey on YouTube, both areas where you can find the show in case you missed anything. Have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you next Sunday right here on CBS Sports Radio.